Hi, and thank you for tuning in to another episode on the Alacrity Payments Podcast. I'm your host, Nikita, and today we will be discussing cross-border payments. Joining me today to explore more of this topic is Mark Majeski at Alacrity Incorporated. Mark has been working at Alacrity for about three months, and he is currently Senior Vice President of Faster Payments. He worked at FIS for several years prior to his work at Alacrity, heading product development for real-time payments. And prior to his work at FIS, he worked at the Clearinghouse, where he was part of the team that designed, developed, and launched the RTP Faster Payments Network in the United States. Thank you so much, Mark, for joining us today. Thank you, Nikita. Great to be here. Awesome. It's great to have you. So as I mentioned in my introduction, you've worked at the Clearinghouse before. Did you anticipate their announcement with EBA Clearing and SWIFT to launch a pilot for immediate cross-border payments? Um, yes. Uh, you know, eventually uh, it, it was in our plan when we devised RTP to do that. I think that what happens, right, with most projects and with most uh, payment rails is that you try to develop the product to get it functional in the United States first. Mm-hmm. And that was our uh, major objective. And then it was always right. in our plan to do cross-border transactions just as a later time. Because obviously when you launch a new rail, you're in the process of A, making sure it works. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and then secondly, uh, to build ubiquity, to build customers or, or, or you know, build out the adoption of, of usership of that network. So our, our, our first plan was to do domestic and then move on to, to, to uh, cross-border at a later date. That being said, I'm seeing a trend in the marketplace. And that is <clears throat> that I'm starting to see that, you know, eventually FedNow will do the same thing. I'm, I'm pretty right. certain of that. But also uh, Zelle is also looking at offering a cross-border option. So uh, I think in the next you know, four to five years, we're going to see a lot more activity, a lot more options to consumers in, in that space. Yeah, I mean, um, everyone's sort of venturing into that. So what are some challenges that currently face financial institutions, payment recipients, and other relevant parties in the cross-border transaction process? I think a couple of things. Uh, one, the first thing that comes to mind is is how complex they are. And, and when right. I say that, I'm really comparing everything to to uh, wires, right? Mm-hmm. So there are a, a couple of features in wires that are, you know, wires do what they do. They're very good. They've been around for a long time. What I think from a consumer perspective is they're a little bit complex. What I mean by that is that you need a lot of information from from your recipient uh, to do a wire. I think there's um, some some uh, restrictions in terms terms of being not being able to send it 24 seven. And then also um, the uh, surety that it's been delivered. I I think that what you know, wires provides an confirmation challenge there, Mm -hmm. right? Exactly a confirmation. And then also, um, um, you know, the ability that the cleanness of, of, of doing the FX portion of it, it, it uh, and, and the surety of, of additional fees that are tacked on. Right, that right. Effect. That's huge. Yeah. So what, what generally happens is um, you'll be able to launch a wire in the United States, but you won't know what the recipient bank is going to charge the recipient. So if I'm trying to send you a defined amount of money, I would never really know what you're going to get un, 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 until after the fact. And, and so for all those reasons, it causes a lot of confusion and, and complexity. What I do like, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, that was it. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the things is, you know, know, our approach to that, uh, at least initially, is to look at Visa Direct. And the reason I like it, and it's something that I launched a number of years ago in Canada, 
is that it really it really solves all the issues that I just talked about. It removes right. that that complexity. It's very easy. It's it confirms the transaction right away. You know what fees there are upfront through the entire transaction. So if I wanted to send you 500 pounds sterling, I could do that and pay the fees on my side and be assured that that's what you would receive. The amount of data that's required is is, is is severely reduced. All I really need is your debit card number and 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 some information off of the card. So um, to me, you know, looking at something like Visa Direct as an option, it really is an option uh, that competes with something like Western Union, right? A lot of people mm-hmm. are going to westernunion.com and leaving banks to do those transactions. At banks and credit unions. And quite frankly, by, by utilizing Visa Direct, it enables those institutions, the, the, those financial institutions to bring that business back into the bank and the credit union. Yeah, right. I mean, it's um, the simplicity and, you know, the clarity that all parties have involving cross-border transactions is super important. And as you know, Alacrity actually offers connection to Visa Direct, which offers cross-border payments. How do you think the use cases for Visa Direct will compare to the use cases for the TCH pilot? It'll be a little different because Visa Direct, quite honestly, has been out there for a while and it has a reach of about 200 countries right now. Right. I think that the TCH offering right now is, is just that, a pilot. And so I know that the clearinghouse is working with a number of, of countries in the EU uh, to start. Um, I think that it's going to be rudimentary at first in that they're just sending the funds. They're not really extending that out to the messaging that we mm-hmm. all know is possible to do in RTP. So th- think of it as a first step to a it's bigger It's not established picture. yet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, v- Visa's been around for a while. Visa Direct for cross-border payments. It's well-established. It has a huge ubiquity. About 90% of uh, the, the the world's global wow. uh, po- yeah. population can utilize it. So, um, you know, obviously there's a little bit of time to make up for RTP, but I think right. once it does, uh, it'll be much more uh, robust, meaning that mm-hmm. you can send those messages. You can send uh, a request for funds across the globe uh, for someone who owes you money um, and, and, and have that uh, paid. So I, I think we're all heading at a better place. Right. And I'm sure that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Visa Direct over time uh, does look at that and obviously makes some changes on its own as well. But you don't think that's anytime super soon? No, I would okay. say, I mean, I would be surprised if it was even in 2023. I'm, I'm looking more towards 24 or 25. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. valuable insight. Um And, you know, as you know, um, with everything going on in the world right now, the world is getting smaller and there's a larger potential for, you know, global network with the economic interdependence in the world. How does this lead to a greater need for real-time cross-border payments? Well, I think think you said it best, right? The world is getting smaller and I think people are more, uh, they're they're used to to, uh, sending funds. You know, know, the the whole idea is to make it easy, right? So if I'm talking to someone or if I'm trying to arrange even a vacation. I, I've seen lots of people try to do this and maybe they're trying to arrange for a, ho- a small hotel and they need to send a deposit. Um, sending a wire is very complex. And so just sending a visa direct to um, 
you know, the person who you need to send to and having that card information from them makes it really easy. And, you know, it's 24 seven, basically those transactions move in about 30 minutes, but in practice, they actually move much, much, much sooner than that. I've, I've, I've always found them moving about 15 minutes. So that's wow. not bad. No, right, it's actually. not, not at all. Not at all. And do you think COVID like played a role into like um, the need for this? I think it does, but I think also, I mean, you know, look, anywhere where you need to send funds and, and uh, to, to use a more current example, I would say that I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of people that they're trying to send money to the Ukraine, right, for friends and family. Right, right. Um, so things like that. Whenever you have a situation like that, it, it could be a natural disaster and you want to send money home to friends. You know, it's an urgent need. And mm-hmm. if we can bring that to their bank without having to, to, to hunt around as to how they're going to send the funds, make it easy. I mean, that's that's really the, 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 the objective here. No, yeah, that makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. And, you know, we're as our, for our last question, um, as we know, it's important for credit unions and bank leaders to partner with fintechs. And it is important for fintechs to be able to provide connectivity to all major payment rails. Mm-hmm. How do you determine when fintechs are able to provide this connectivity? Um, I think that when... Uh... That's, that's a good question. You, you may have uh, stumped me on that one, uh, <laughs> but I'll try to answer it. I think that, um, you know, it really depends on the use cases, right? So companies like Alacrity, when, when we look at what we're providing, what rails we're providing to people, at the end of the day, who are we really serving, right? right. Yes, we, we, we sell to banks and credit unions, but really at the end of the day, it's people, right? right. And, and, and what I what I urge um, banks and credit unions to do is when you're thinking about offering a new rail, go back to your customer base and see what their needs are. Fill a gap, solve a problem. What we want to do as Alacrity is to be there for that bank and credit union when they get those use cases up in front of them and they need to have these rails, <clears throat> we're, 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 we're going to provide them. We're going to provide more than that, right? right. I, I think also there's a need for fraud systems, and that's some, something we're, we're putting in place, both for domestic and international, even more so for international. <clears throat> I think we're, we're, we're providing overlay services so that we can present the, the bank or credit union with pages that they can put in front of their customers to utilize the product. So I look at it as a total turnkey solution for them. It's not just access to rails, but, but but it's everything else that they need to make this a clean and simple uh, transition. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, the cleanliness and simplicity is the most important part of, you know, real-time cross-border payments and the entire process of them. So Yeah, I think there's there's way too much complexity in the world. Yeah. If we can make it a little <laughs> easier, uh, you know, we'll all be much better off. Yeah, and I think that we're definitely headed towards that. And I think it'll only get easier um, yes. in all aspects of it. So thank you so I much, agree. Mark, thank for you. joining me today. Um, simplicity revolving these payments is so important to ease the strain on all parties involved. And we clearly learned a lot about the importance of cross-border payments in this world where global economic interdependence is quickly evolving. Thank you for tuning in. And if you're interested in learning more about cross-border payments, please check out our website at www.alacrity.com. Under our resources section, you will find blogs, webinars, and more. Thank you.